and good morning, baseball fans, and welcome back to the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Kenny, and I'm joined once again by my lovely, beautiful bride, Nika. Hello. Good morning. How you doing, baby? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, well, we are always evolving and changing over here at the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. This is our 11th episode, but we are trying to work on developing a quick way to recap the previous night's action without just blabbing about it for 30 minutes and whatnot. So, uh, Nika, what, what have we got? I think you're going to give us a little retro rundown of baseball. Retro rundown. All right. Well, this is a little segment we're going to be playing with. So uh, I guess without further ado, here we go. All right. To recap last night's action, April 28th, Friday, we had the Marlins over the Cubs 3-2. to two. Gene Segura with the walk-off hit in the ninth. It was the Blue Jays over the Manners 3-2 to two as well. George Springer knocked in the go-ahead run in the sixth inning for the Blue Jays. The Brewers were over the Angels 2-1 in Milwaukee. It was Rowdy Tellers with the tie-breaking RBI in the eighth. The Rays took it to the White Sox 3-2 in Chicago. Isaac Paredes hit the home run for the Rays in the ninth. The Twins topped the Royals 8-6. Jorge Polanco had a three-run homer in the fourth. The Guardians took it to the Red Sox 5-2 behind Shane Bieber's seven innings of two-run ball that gives him his second win on the season. The Braves skunked the Mets 4-0 in a rain-shortened game out east. Matt Olson hit a three-run homer in the fifth to give the Braves the victory. The Rangers defeated the Yanks 5-2, but uh, bad news for both teams as Aaron Judge left the game and Jacob DeGrom left the game as well. No big surprise there. The World Series rematch, round one, goes to the Phillies. Uh, they took it to the Astros, and Kyle Schwarber went deep for the fight in Phils. The D-backs took it to the Rockies 9-1. Merrill Kelly finally got a win. And the Dodgers beat the Redbirds 7-3. Mookie Betts had a leadoff home run, his fourth of the season. Oh, and Mother Nature prevailed yesterday in Washington and Detroit, where the Pirates and the Nationals were rained out along with the Orioles and the Tigers. We will be playing two games today. All right. And that's yesterday's recap. Back to Kenny and Nika. Well, thank you. That was a great rundown. Wow, we really dug up somebody from the past there, didn't we? With Chicago accent. Yeah, I guess so. It was like Chicago, New York, something. It was fluctuating. Maybe it'll get more consistent over time as he comes out of his coffin. (laughs) I had to move away. I was cracking up. It was great, though. It was really great. All right, well, that was our first retro rundown. Uh, I mean... (laughs) Besides sounding a little dusty, I think it was really cool. I think so, too. Listen to it later, see how it sounds. Yeah, I'm definitely. sure it sounded great. <laughs> it was really good. Kenny from, uh, I would say, 40s, 50s? Oh, I, we'll have to come up with some stooge name for this guy. Okay. Well, back to regular schedule. And back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Today is the 31st day of the 2023 season. Oh, okay. Basically. Yeah, because we did they did start like on March 30th, I guess. Yeah, so today is the full month okay. of games. So we, well, I was going to make a little rundown of the biggest stars so far and the biggest disappointments so far. Are we talking <laughs> about players or teams here? Teams. Oh, okay. Great. Make teams. Makes it easier. 
who do you got for like your biggest surprises so far? I would say the race. They are uh, so far been unstoppable. They are 21 and 5 through the last 26 games. They are in a tough division and they've been bringing the heat so far. They allow fewer than three runs per game, which is not a lot compared to every other team. So I got the race, number one. Number two will be the Twins. Uh, they are the only team in AL Central above 500. We got Pirates. We've been talking about Pirates for a while, so put the Pirates out there. They, they didn't are... play last night. They got two games today. So uh... Correct. They are number one in their division in NL Central. They won 17 out of 23 games, so that's pretty remarkable for Pirates since they lost four seasons straight seasons losses i guess mm -hmm. well we got the oreos they've been very consistent so we can put them in there cubs are really good they are a big surprise as well their offense is just killing it and blue jays they struggle early but they came back and they won 15 out of the 21 games so far so that's yep not on bad. a hot five game winning streak too right now yeah i, I think tampa bay's got to be one of the biggest surprises just anytime you start the way that they've started they're playing over 800 ball right now, they, and they're 22 and five, and and it looks like they're going to be 24 and five after the weekend's over because they're playing the lowly White Sox right the now. White Sox. Um, well, that brings me to the biggest disappointments. <laughs> well, before we get to that, let's okay. uh let's just go through these ones more time. So you got Tampa Bay, and we got Minnesota Twins. Yeah, the only team above 500 in AL Central. I, I don't know if, if Minnesota's been so much of a shocker, so much as it's been Cleveland that's been playing a little bit maybe disappointing. Um, but they had a pretty big win last night. They got a win from their number one starter. Um, they're playing on the road. They're playing Boston, which isn't the best team right now. But, like, hey, you got to get healthy. We'll be, I'll be curious if the Twins can maintain their – like, you know, Correa has not been hitting yet. I was just going to ask that. And Buxton is starting to hit. You know, but they, they've been getting production from other guys in their lineup. And if those two guys start producing on a regular basis, then yes, yeah. I think the Twins will be, you know, hot throughout the summer. You you brought up the East with Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Toronto. I mean, Toronto now on a five-game winning streak. You got judge injury worries for the Yankees. If I'm a Yankees fan, I'm a little worried today. I'm more worried today than I was yesterday. Well... That's their biggest star, and he's injured. You know, I yeah, but I mean, he was injured the day before, and then he comes out last night, and it's like, oh, it's lingering. Now he's leaving the game. Now he's having an MRI on something else on his body. You know, and and so it's a, it's a tough division. It's a hold your breath moment for the Yankees after a month in the season because you're playing like fifteen and twelve. You're not bad team at all. Garrett Cole's pitching out of his mind. Like, <laughs> you hate to see it because we want to see competitive baseball, but we know also injuries are going to happen. Yankees, for some reason, they don't get hot right away. They get hot later a lot of times. They do struggle out of the gate till the later in the season when they, they get the trades in and then magic happens. Magic happens. <laughs> well, the Yankees are always going to spend. Yeah. You know, they just... The big spenders on the block. That's their reputation, at least. All right. Um, and, and yeah, Baltimore continues to be one of my favorite teams to watch. Um, they got two games today, actually. So 
uh, that'll be it'll be interesting to see how they handle the doubleheader and like you know Adley Rushman being a catcher. Maybe he DHs the second game or something. I don't think you want to take his bat out of the lineup on a Saturday. Yeah, I think everybody crossed Orioles last year to get to even playoffs this year, and they just proved everybody wrong so far. If you really want to look at the hottest team in baseball besides the Pirates right now, it is the Orioles. They yeah. are nine and one in their last ten games. So very consistent, consistent, and a very young team. That's getting the job done. Um, they are playing at Detroit two games today and a game tomorrow. So I'll be watching. And then you brought up the Pirates in the National League. Yeah, I don't think anyone's like surprised that the Braves are on top of the NL East. And, you know, I think Arizona, though, would be listed as another surprise team for me. Arizona? Okay. I think they're they're kind of arriving ahead of schedule, and they're riding good pitching. Uh, we talked about Zach, Zach. Gallen earlier yeah. this week, but also, you know, they have Merrill Kelly, who kind of came out of the woodwork <laughs> last night. He pitched a great game last night, oh. and they won on the road in Colorado 9-1. to It's never easy to pitch in Colorado, you know, and the Rockies don't have, like, the weakest lineup in the league or anything like that. They definitely need to get some offense going. Uh, yeah. They need to score more runs. But they are capable, I feel like. Well, they do have a nice uh, area in Colorado with the air is thinner, so you should be doing a lot more home runs. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, though. That, that, it, it supposedly does. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. It's it's uh we'll see how those warm summer months play out in the in the thin rocky air. So those are the those are the biggest surprises. Who do you got on the biggest losers list? I don't want to call them losers. Who's been the harsh. biggest disappointment so far? Yes, the White Sox. They lost nine games in a row. Yeah. The Royals and the A's have worse run differentiate than the White Sox. Kansas City, you hate to see the record. I don't know if anyone's really shocked by Oakland's record, wow. but but Kansas City and the White Sox, I think people thought that those would be a little bit closer, but they've really fallen off the woodwork. And you can see that they haven't necessarily played their own division a lot yet. When you look at the records, they don't match up the balance, but <laughs> who does match up is the East. You know, the, the Orioles, the Rays, and, the, and those teams have been beating up on like the Tigers, the White Sox. The, the Tigers aren't as bad as the White Sox, but I don't think anyone predicted the Tigers to be in the running this year. The fact that the Tigers are ahead of the White Sox shows how bad the White Sox have been. But Kansas City, they it was such a hot topic before the season started with the new players, with the new rookies that were coming up. The, there's such a hopeful Kansas City. Crickets right now I agree they're a bigger disappointment than the A's you know and and maybe even than Detroit like I said Detroit is 9 and 15 but I don't think people I think they're overplaying where people expected them to be I think the Royals and the White Sox are way below like I mean people were talking about the White Sox competing in this division because of the fact that they have Lance Lynn Lucas Giolito Dylan Cease and they do have, they have nice pitching you know you're supposed to be able to snap losing streaks with good pitching right you're supposed to be able to do this stuff and now you're seeing it kind of play out they lost nine in a row nine where is the pitching you know yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with this team um I know they're missing Tim Anderson I know they're missing Yohan Mankata um but 
we'll have news about that in my topic coming up soon. You know, you can't just put everything on two guys' shoulders for the White Sox. There's bigger problem over there. That not just the injuries and pitching. It's just mm-hmm. disorganized chaos. I feel like. Yeah, it's a weird one for sure. You have so much talent. We saw a lot of these guys in the World Baseball Classic. The aforementioned Tim Anderson, Luis Robert Jr., Eloy Jimenez, Yohan Mankata have mentioned. This is not a team that you look at as being a nine-game losing streak, 7-20 and 20 on the season. Yeah. That's that's a lot of games lost. That's a that's big a, hill to climb out of. Yeah. I mean, that's not even a 30% winning percentage right now. It's been more white sucks this year than white socks. <laughs> that's and true. that's I feel bad for the fans there, unfortunately. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, speaking of another disappointment, that's Cardinals. They like we said it before. What is happening with the Cardinals? They feel so disorganized. I mean, they did beat the San Fran yesterday, but still, they... No, they lost yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. They lost. So. They, they they won the night before, okay. which you are correct, but then they, they got right back to their losing yesterday. You know, the Cardinals are a weird one. You talked about, like, run differential, right? You yeah. You look at, like, the A's. They, they're being outscored by 117 <laughs> runs already this year. And and you, you talked about the White Sox and the Royals, you know, 59 and 61, respectively. The Cardinals, it's not that big of a gap, you know. the The record does not reflect How the differential. They're... They have a tough schedule to start. They had the, a lot of traveling. They've been out west. We know they played at the Giants. We know they're playing at the Dodgers now. I know they've played at the Mariners, and I'm pretty sure they play other road games. I know they're um, coming home. They're going home because the Angels are coming to San Luis to play Cardinals. Yes. The biggest thing, I'm disappointed in the Cardinals this week because of the fact that they sent Jordan Walker down. I like to see young players play and compete, and I don't think he was doing anything wrong to warrant getting sent back down. And I think their team management is to blame in this instance because they didn't move players or they they didn't make room for this to happen they they acted like oh it was a big surprise that he made the team in spring training and and stuff you got to know your own players you know you gotta yes you want to leave room to be surprised I guess from a like oh this guy was working hard in the offseason he wants it he wants in you know sure okay I get that you should know who these guys are in this day and age like you should be checking in with your players in the offseason like you should be knowing who's ready to take the next step or not when the previous season ends. Yeah, that's that, for sure. They just feel very disorganized as an organization, as a whole. And you're seeing it play out with yeah. their record. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And nobody project, projected Cardinals to be in the last place in that division. They were favorite coming in to this season. Yes, they were by a lot of, uh, of the so-called experts. Talking heads. But they didn't see the Pirates coming, did they? The Pirates just kind of boarded them and uh, are taking their plunder. I think Pirates need a parrot as their mascot. Oh, damn. Can they get a trained parrot like that? You know, MLB has to approve all of the dugout celebrations, apparently, um, because they, they, they put the kibosh on one. I think it was the Red Sox that had, like, this oversized hat. And for some reason, they were like, no. And I think it's partly because it's, I, I don't, I, it has something to do with like a, the people that make the actual hats. Okay. Weird. 
That's a weird one. I have to look into that one because uh, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that on uh, tomorrow's show. The story of the Red Sox home run celebration kibosh. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to tell you also Mariners are the biggest disappointment. Oh, are they? Yes, they had. They were projected to do well. They were riding high from the 2020 playoff season. Uh, But right now they are... 11 and 4 through the last 25 games. I think you need to refresh your standings, by the way. I Everything do. is a game off. They are 11 and 15 now. They lost again yesterday. Okay, so it just plays into the fact they are disappointments. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, I would agree with you on this one. I think one of the biggest disappointments just on their team has been Julio Rodriguez. Not to put any pressure on him or anything, you know, he's in his sophomore season, but he's one of the faces of the game now. He's on all the tops products right now in the stores. Um, yeah. He's a big personality up there. He smiles a lot. He looks like he's enjoying himself, having fun. So he's struggling a little bit, and I think he puts probably a lot of pressure on himself. He is the big dog on the Mariners team. They got good players around him, but I think they feed off of him, and if he when he's not producing... Nobody is. Exactly. Um, so his numbers are down, you know, like his batting average is down from last year. I think roughly 50 points or so. I think he was about a 270 hitter. I think he's hovering around 220 right now. His power numbers have not grown. I think he got off to a slow start last year, but he was also being victimized by umpires. Umpires just for some reason were just calling weird strikeouts on him. Um, but that's all in the past. This year, I... I've just seen a guy that's struggling to get it going offensively. But we've seen that out of a lot of stars this year. Yeah. Juan Soto. Um, and I know you have the Padres on your list. Uh, yes. I, I but Juan Soto and Manny Machado both are, are struggling. You know, struggling. And the whole Padres offense. Yep. They spend a lot of money before the season started. Oh, they mm-hmm. had the hitting. They, they did. Had I the mean, pitching. Well, when they spent, when we say they spent a lot of money, they they kind of like solidified Bogarts, Machado. Uh, they've already had Tatis under long term control, um, and then they they signed Musgrove and Darvish to right. long term extensions. Yeah, speaking of pitching, this is the stat from Blake Snell. <laughs> he averages seven walks per game. Seven walks per game. Per game. Wow, that's a lot of freebies. That's that can't happen. He is one of the starting pitchers. We've talked about him on this podcast before, but he is just aiming the ball too much out there, and he needs to just allow his mechanics to do the work for him and and just throw. San Diego is uh, one of the probably most dumbfounding stories in baseball right now. I don't even think that they know what's, what's really going on down there, but I think it's now become like this collective drain on, on them and and there's plenty of time for all of these guys to turn it around and and for the whole team to turn it around and and get hot but look at the A's in the in the moneyball movie like look at how they started they were like almost like as bad as the white sox seven and they, they were like seven and 21 they were they were terrible and then and then they go on to win like 20 games in a row you can't underestimate that what that would do for your team it's possible I'm not denying that it, it's just disappointing to see you you wait for the season to start mm-hmm. you 
Then you wait for Fernando to come back. Another 20 games. Sure. Okay. But then you see spring training and then you the World Classic and how the teams get together and perform on the world stage. And then they go back to their respective clubhouses and like nothing happened. Yeah, absolutely. I think out of all the teams we talked about, San Diego has been the biggest disappointment in baseball because of like the expectations going into the season, not just from their fan base, but also just around baseball. We're finally going to see this lineup together. We're finally going to get to see Tatis with Soto, Machado, and now Bogarts added to the mix. Even Jake Cronenworth, you know, he... Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the top, the, the guys that demand like the big, sure. big money, the, you know? The cal- top caliber guys. four big name, all-star perennial hitters and their lineup you know and so um, far nelson cruz has been the only one that's been actually hitting the ball he's not that great either from what i've seen i'm not expecting much though from a 42 year old dh either like I, I, i'm expecting him to come up with runners on base not hitting with like nobody on all the time that's that's not a position where nelson cruz at the age of 42 is going to succeed no but he might be the greatest hitting coach for the padres if they need one yeah. hint hint We'll see. We'll see what happens as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, be- between the Padres and the Cardinals' disappointments, I don't know which one is worse. I think Padres for us since we follow Padres more. But <laughs> Well, here's hoping the Padres turn it around soon. Yeah. Okay, that's all I got. I don't want to rain on everybody else's teams too much. <laughs> I guess if you didn't get mentioned in that segment, you're just average. All right. I did want to mention some injury updates this morning. Uh, as I said, Aaron Judge and Jacob DeGrom left last night's Yankees-Rangers games. Uh, Judge left in the fourth inning after this kind of awkward swing. Uh, I think a lot of people assumed it was his wrist injury that was sort of from this slide the day before. Uh, it's come out now that he's going to have an MRI on his hip. We've talked about this already on the show, but just if I'm a Yankees fan, I got to have a I have a bad feeling about this. I wanna I'm holding my breath right now. Was he sliding when the thing happened with his hips? Yes. The wrist and the hip injury both happened on a slide. Oh wow. I mean he's a big dude, so the sliding is a lot shorter, but you're probably more prone to injuries. I don't think he can play the game that way. It's like it's like telling Fernando not to dive for a ball in the outfield because you don't want him to injure his shoulder. Yeah. It's like you can't do that. So, yeah, hold your breath, Yankees fans and baseball fans. You know, I think everyone wanted to see, like, oh, can Judge hit 60 in a row or 60 home runs again? Um, If he's out for a significant period, that's definitely not going to happen. And obviously he just signed that big money contract. So obviously you don't want to see him be injured while he's making that money. Oh, no, nobody wants people to get injured. That's just bad karma. And then... uh, also in the same game, Jacob DeGrom left in the fourth inning. It was the second time that he left in three starts. He has forearm tightness, they're calling it. And I guess I just feel like this is DeGrom's legacy now. Is just going to go out there and maybe pitch a couple games before he gets taken out of his next start. And then he's going to go on the IL for like a couple weeks or a month. And then he'll come back and make a couple starts and then something else will happen or maybe that's one of those things you throw those rockets and you just can't go on for long it brings in the heat and you can't maybe control that much i I don't know he's such an interesting 
story, you know, he's got these two Cy Young awards and everyone knows, or well, everyone talks about the fact that he needs another one to be like a first ballot hall of fame lock. And I just don't see the pedigree, you know, I don't think he held up over time, unfortunately. Um, Wear and tear. Yeah. Like you said, maybe, maybe just a little too much heat. Maybe the arm wasn't meant to do that. He's not that old. He's got to be like in the late 20s or 30s. Right? No, he's in his early 30s. But yeah, he's he's falling apart before our eyes a little bit. And it's sad to see. Because yeah. uh, you want players to succeed. You want players to get in the Hall of Fame. It's good for the game. Well, he's like really one of the good pitchers. He's definitely one of the most collected player cards when he a lot of players have a lot of people have his rookie card like and they're slabbed and like they're graded i mean when i say slabbed and uh you know unfortunately they're going to turn into a big pile of nothing nothingness <laughs> if he doesn't make the hall of fame well hopefully it's nothing serious and i know it was more of a precaution than actual injury but yeah but that's like the mo on him I was hopeful that maybe going to a new team would sort of give him like a fresh start and an opportunity to play a season. And it's just sad to see now the same story happening with another team. All right. Well, I'm just going to really quickly wrap up a couple other injury notes. Um, You know, Jordan Alvarez has this neck issue going on right now. It seems like he's out indefinitely. He he didn't go on the road trip with the Astros, and he stayed behind in Houston to see a neck specialist. Robbie Ray, the pitcher for the Mariners, uh, has a tear in his left flexor tendon, and he's out for the season. That's bad news for the Mariners because, well, like you said, they're one of the biggest disappointments, and now they just lost one of their uh, star biggest pitchers. But some good news on the injury front, Michael Harris II, the uh, last year's rookie kind of phenom for the Braves, he's been activated and actually played Friday night. So good to see him back on the field. I know uh, his rookie card is making the rounds this year in tops, um, and some people are collecting it. I don't think he's looked at as like a huge long-term hold or anything like that. But nevertheless, people are going to take their risks on all the rookie cards because you just never know. And then uh, you got Liam Hendricks. Uh, Wanted to mention him, you know, he is now in remission. And uh, the the SOB just went out there and started pitching right away. <laughs> He's back on the hill. Uh, there was some video clips of him on Twitter uh, pitching with the uh, White Sox uniform on. And uh, just great to see, you know, after he, he got diagnosed, I think, after the last season ended. And It's good to see him recovered and in remission. And maybe he is what... The White Sox need. I know he's the closer, not the starting pitcher, but still. Maybe yeah. you need a. Maybe you need to know that you can get to the guy that, that at the end of the game. Exactly. <laughs> Before you start winning, um, and then uh, also Tim Anderson from Team USA is uh, slowly recovering, and he has a rehab start coming up. Uh, so hopefully he can get back to the White Sox soon. They need him. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, the White Sox don't know when Yoan Mancata is going to be available. He has some kind of back injury, and he's out indefinitely right now, unfortunately. Wow, so White Sox have a lot of injuries on their, in their bullpen, I mean, organization. They do have some injuries going on right now. I know Eloy Jimenez had some injury issues this year as well, but he's he didn't get put on the injury list. But yeah. It's kind of been a problem for their team last year and this year. So, yeah, hopefully they can get healthy here quick and turn it around. I still think they can be competitive because of the division that they're in. 
you know, but they're they're falling way far behind and they got to get they got to get it together quick. Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder to get it out of that hole the longer they stay in it. All right. Well, that's all I got for the injury update today. Nika, what's the last thing we're looking at? Uh, well, we are going to start the Mexican series today, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, we got because... Padres at, or I'm sorry, Giants at Padres. The Padres are the home team. Yes, they are hosting the Giants in Mexico City. This is a two-game series. Yep. Uh, it's part of the initiative to bring international games to major baseball markets. I didn't want to. Written just like a marketing director. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I didn't know this, but Padres played three games in Mexico. Oh, in what year? Uh, 96, 99, and 2001 or something like that. Well, it's been a while, but the Giants never played outside U.S. or Canada. So this is their first game outside hmm. this country, which is kind of cool. I well, think. you said they played in Canada, though. They played a game in Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. But it, also Mexico is North America, so it's not that big of a stretch to me. It, it's it's no. amazing almost in a way that it's taken so long. If you think about Canada and Mexico, I would think Mexico would be much more friendly for baseball weather. I would say so. <laughs> wow. No, we're just going to go up north first where the snow is. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a good thing for the Padres. I, I, I expect to see them rise up to the occasion. Like we, we talked about the star power on their team and the fact that they've been struggling. But stars rise up in big moments. And this is a big moment for this team. You know, this is the end of April. This is how they're going to end their April. And I think they want to end it on a positive note. Padres, yes, I would imagine. But so does the Giants, probably. Sure. I, I don't doubt that. I'm just I'm just saying like the Giants don't have the star power that the Padres have. No. Not when you not on paper at least. That that's um, for sure. The other thing too is uh we were watching some of the player interviews and stuff and there seems to be a buzz. So I expect it to be a packed house. I, I expected there not to be a an empty seat in the place. No. And I expect it to be a little bit of a rowdy crowd as well, you know, like some uh maybe some cowbells. A lot of noise. Let's put it that way. You know, Mexico as a country has been part of MLB for a long time. They had 146 players reach MLB level. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they have been slouching in there. <laughs> no, definitely not. Baseball has made no secret that they want to expand. Um, there's another series outside of the U.S. this year in England, right? In London and during the summer, I want to say June. Okay. With Cubs and Cardinals. Oh, classic classic yeah well that'll be interesting to see like because that's a really big time zone jump when, yeah. when you talk about going to mexico it's it's like going to canada like you're not necessarily changing more than any of the usual time zones that you normally do but yeah. when you talk about going to london you're talking about like going like five hours before new york if you're on the west coast that's eight hours that's a big bigger difference than what players are used to i sure hope so they go a day earlier just to get acclimated they'll have to yeah you don't want to play badly no I, when you're trying to expand the game you get a jet lag then you get the time difference it will mess up with your head your whole body will be out of well, we'll, we'll be watching these games uh both the mexico games and the the britain games later this year and we'll, we'll definitely have to compare the two crowds and like 
uh, it just because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stylistic differences. You know, when we watched the World Baseball Classic, the Chinese Taipan, what Taiwan. I think it was the Taiwan Stadium, whatever that mm-hmm. that was just crazy. That was one of the most unique atmospheres of a baseball game I've ever seen. Um, and I can't wait for the World Baseball Classic again because that was just fun to watch. Well, I guess to put a bow on this conversation, is there what are some more like initiatives you think? MLB should do to expand the game. I'll give you an example. Like one of the things I would love to see is is baseball played in all 50 states every year somehow. Like the Field of Dreams. Yeah, so we have this Field of Dreams game that was added in Iowa, you know, for example, and I and I and I feel like baseball is an American invention if you want to be specific about it. It was an offshoot of cricket, I'm sure, but it was invented here in the fields of New York. Um and I feel like it has this uh, desire, this, if you will, that it, it wants to be seen in all 50 states. And I feel like Major League Baseball needs to get creative. It shouldn't take them long. They, they should be able to start doing this almost immediately. You know, let's bring baseball to all 50 states in America, including Alaska and Hawaii. Let's figure it out. Let, let, you know, Hawaii would be great. Let's bring baseball to Puerto Rico. Let's expand. Let's not just think about international expansion when we have our own states that are deprived for baseball. Let's have the let's have a series in Louisville by the Louisville Slugger Factory. Like, let's Wyoming. Why not Wyoming? Let's find like a there. There's got to be some baseball lore from all states, including yeah. Alaska. That is just going to be interesting. So this is what I want to see. I want to see baseball played in all 50 states across America. Professional. I want I want every market to have an opportunity to come and see the product. And I also think that they should work on expanding internationally. I agree with that. Bring baseball to more, more states, expose kids to more baseball, and mm-hmm. that would change the game for a lot of people a lot of states don't even have a sports team i can't begin to explain you know the effect that going to a game has on you as a kid and wanting to play when you see someone come up to bat in a you know stadium full of people cheering for that person like it makes you want to be that person you know and you're still a kid and you can still believe that you can be and that's what you need to be able to fall in love and play the game you know, you need to be able to believe that you can make it in a sense because you're chasing that feeling and it's a great feeling. Yeah, I, I cannot even imagine as a 19 or 20 year old stepping up into a Yankee stadium. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. Can't put it in words, probably what you feel at that moment. You probably forget to breathe. Yes, we should definitely expand baseball to other states. I mean, there are minor league babes, baseball. They draw crowds. Uh, you look at Arizona, for mm-hmm. instance, in the spring training. Yeah. Uh, but is that enough? I don't know. I think certain markets are do better than others. Um, but nevertheless, I think they owe it to the people to try. You know, they, they owe it to the people to bring the game to them. You know, like it's the famous line in Field of Dreams, sort of, if, if you build it, they will come, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like, if you don't give the state of Maine a game to come and see, then then no wonder that people in Maine don't play baseball as much. I'm sure people in Maine play baseball. I'm sure people in Maine watch baseball. But you never hear about it or think about it when you, you're outside of Maine. 
and imagine having the main lobsters as a team. <laughs> well, I think baseball can expand and have more teams if it does it smart in a smart way. The the biggest fear is always diluting the talent pool. But there's a lot if you people. find more talent from all over the world to fill those spots and and start getting new talent to come out of the woodworks, you know, maybe there is talent to support adding a couple teams here, a couple teams there, you know. The big talk this week is that the A's are moving to Las Vegas. They bought land there. And there's exploratory committees that want to bring baseball back to Montreal. There's talks about bringing baseball to Tennessee, to Nashville. There's talks about bringing a team to Salt Lake City. So All great locations. Yep. It's it's on the horizon. I think it's going to happen soon, and we'll be here for it. But... It's it's great to see baseball being played in a place tonight that it doesn't often get to be played in. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Viva Mexico. I don't have a trumpet. Well, sadly, neither does Edwin Diaz this year. At least not yet. Not yet. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. Enjoy all the games today, everybody, especially those double dips in Detroit with the uh, Orioles and the Tigers. And the other one, Pirates at Washington. We got two games. Double headers? Yeah, we got two double headers today. So exciting stuff. All right, everybody, enjoy the games, and we'll be back tomorrow morning with another episode of the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. Bye. Adios.